0: Hi and welcome back to Thought Garden. Today I am delighted to welcome Ruth Kudsey who is CEO of the Optimus Coach Academy. She's award-winning and highly experienced as a coach. She's also an MCC with the International Coach Federation. She's an author, a podcaster and someone I see training now exceptional coaches and an ambassador for our industry. Someone who I also suspect might just share my appreciation of nature. So Ruth tell me I'm right on back. One. I've seen you doing some walks on Instagram. What does it mean to you? What does nature mean to you? Oh
1: my gosh. So I am, I, I've lived in London now for, but I always have to work out how old I am, for over 20 years. So I've been living, I've been living in cities since I was 18. So like 20, 25 years. Yeah, 25 years. And, um, but I'm from the countryside. So I grew up in the countryside. I grew up and my mom still lives in the same place. With hills and woods, and you know, it was so, and ponies. So, I would spend a lot of time in nature. So, growing up, you know, I'd always at the weekend we'd be going on walks often after school. Then I had ponies and was riding until like until I was like 16, 17. So, would be always outside. So, I think it was never, it was only really in lockdown. I started to realize how important it was to me because it was always just kind of a given um, that you're out, you're in nature, you have space, you can breathe that air. And bizarrely, I'm sitting here right now and we, I actually, we live next door to a park. Now that wasn't our, it wasn't on our, you know, we need to live next door to a park. But then obviously when they showed us a house that was next door to a park, we were like, oh, well, that's nice because you can go for walks it's really easy to get some green space and to, to be out there. And then we're just about to move to somewhere opposite the forest, because uh-huh. we have really realized that as much as we're London livers, and I think I definitely have transitioned from that. You know, I always say country mouse and town mouse. <laughs> yeah. I a, I'm a country mouse in my heart. However, I, I'm like that conflict now. Like I love the town too, but, being able to be close to nature makes such a difference and knowing that you can just go for a walk that you can see the green and feel the green and feel that energy from the trees because you know this as well yeah trees trees can actually they communicate with each other don't they
0: do it's the wood wide web (laughs) yeah (laughs) they do.
1: so the trees are communicating with each other and probably with us but just that's space that you feel and we don't you know we're great where we live right now we have parks and we had and we definitely got into our lockdown walks and that was really really good but then you think well I've walked around this park for I mean the park next to our house we've been here for seven years so I've probably walked back around that park close to a thousand times easily (laughs) oh yeah easily easily um yeah so actually being immersed in even more nature than that, like when it's wild and it doesn't even, it doesn't need to be a forest mm-hmm. or a field or hills, but, you know, being, being in those, on those wild beaches, like we love canber sands because it's like, although it has got a Butlins, but it is, <laughs> it is, when you're not looking that way, it really, it, it's just so expansive. That's what I would say so expensive and it it kind of makes you feel that you are not so important and I think I I think some people listening might think well that's a bit weird but we can get so stuck into our own self importance and you know in life that actually gives you that perspective really is this little thing I'm worrying about that important because it's probably not
0: no, it's, it's, it's a,
1: a story <laughs> that you're telling yourself.
0: Oh, I'm feeling excited for you, with having this woodland on your doorstep forest. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, it's a forest. It's actually Epping Forest. So wow. Epping Forest is one of the biggest, one of the biggest forests. I think it's uh, it's definitely the biggest urban forest. So it starts in London, but I mean, we're, we're talking like it, it's very much, and it goes all the way to the Lee Valley. So you have reservoirs and all, you know, you can, camping there not sure yeah I, <laughs> I not sure I want to but you can camp in there if you want to and it's it's got so it's got all of these places to explore and be and yeah for for me that that is super exciting.
0: Yeah, and I'm just, I, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be amazing when you see the different seasons and the shifts and the changes and it's, I have often get myself lost in our local forest, it's, it's Stourhead, um, and it, there's a big um, mansion house, country estate, very manicured gardens, but this wild, semi-wild and also managed forest, so it's pine and old broadleaf, you know, um, mixed woodland, ancient woodland, and seasonally, I can get myself lost because it changes, it shifts. You it, know, past that you thought were really familiar one year, you go back the following year and I'm, like, I'm sure that wasn't there then. I'm sure this has got because they'll, they'll manage it. They'll strip some of the trees out and some will have fallen over in the winds. And it's, it's a living, breathing, shifting thing. And seasonally, you're like, wow, this is like a whole different place every time you go. It's never, yeah, it's not like when you walk into a town and go, oh yeah, that's all the same. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So um, I'm listening to your, your your kind of story there. I mean, actually, I share your your, your upbringing in some ways and that horsey girl, country girl, yeah. i still country mouse, I still call myself that. Um, definitely a horsey girl. In fact, I was that was going to be a career at one point. I was that serious about it. Oh my
1: um, gosh, me too. Me oh, too. did not meet a
0: rich farmer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that's those, those horses, young so. farmer
1: balls. It was, the young, it was the wrong ones that I met. But I, yeah, I, I, I was actually... <laughs> it I I was but there was the money side <laughs> if anyone's needs horse is you know it's not cheap but equally I didn't have I, I I wasn't confident enough and it was it was my mindset like I I was I remember doing some big events and it was me yeah that meant that I didn't do as well as I could it wasn't it wasn't the horse it was me
0: it's fear isn't it gets in our head long it, 100%
1: yeah
0: Especially at that age, although I found now when I was falling off at that age, it hurt a lot less than when I fall over now. <laughs> but um, Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, somehow it's
1: not, It the distance is the same, but it seems further.
0: Yeah. And it hurts yeah. me longer to get yeah. over it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. loads. Um, so I'm hearing this sort of story of, of this sort of c- real connection with nature and then sort of drifting away and coming quite, quite mm. towny, I suppose, in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, And maybe more consuming nature or appreciating nature at a distance as a backdrop to do exercise or go for walks. And But now coming back round to that connection again, it just feels like there's been this. Yeah. This, yeah I, just, how's that worked for you? So I think we, we were all, I was always like, I'd
1: always go to parks. I was always very into going to parks. But then 2019, 2020, not 2019, I'm trying to make it seem that we've been in lockdown for <laughs> two years, which maybe it does. Like uh, before we went into lockdown, actually. So, um, my mum was very ill with COVID, but she lives on her own. So, we decided to go back to hers before we were locked down. I have to say that about a million times, not that anyone, <laughs> not that the COVID anything. Um, so, we went back to hers and then obviously we went into lockdown. So, we were there for about six weeks, I think. And then, mm. when you were able to, we came back to London. And, um, and, that again it was like being able to have that space being able to just go um go into the fields, not seeing anyone else and obviously that time it was you know nobody really knew what was happening did they everyone was like pretty you know we, we were we, we did, we'd never been in a lockdown before so we were all pretty scared fearful nobody was breaking the rules then. and I think you know as we as lockdowns have changed people's behavior has changed mm-hmm. um so it was amazing to have that to be able to have that that space outside to think and to disconnect and to you know even at that point and I mean I think I stopped in April but even at that point in March 2020 we'd watch those briefings and it was so intense and they'd have the number of people oh, constantly. oh my gosh and you know then I was I'm a coach so I was like okay mental health
0: yeah
1: we don't you know don't watch the briefings (laughs) Um, like what can you control what can't you control you can control the diet that you put in your head you can control what you're looking at so okay let's go for nice walks and that really I think again cemented this we want to be somewhere where we can do this every day we want to be really more connected with nature we want to think about nature a bit more in a bigger context as well because actually there's there's uh, there's amazing exhibition in London um of all these elephants I don't know if you've seen it I've seen the pictures yeah I have seen yeah there's all these elephants and that's come from in in kind of April May last year Mm. lots of wildlife was coming into um cities and towns um I think there was somewhere i wasn't there where there was like dolphin was it in venice there were dolphins there was somewhere there yeah was i'm dolphins. not sure how true
0: that was but I, yeah the, the waters were suddenly much cleaner and therefore yeah. some of the wild dolphins were kind of approaching more closely but there, there was a village in wales wasn't it? it was overrun with goats for a while and yes yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and brave, and is... brave wildlife it's just coming in to
1: see yeah that. the brave wildlife. i mean we have foxes yeah, I'm, yeah. Not sure, I'm not sure if I, I i would call a fox wildlife we have we have a lot of foxes in southeast london that they're very brave they're kind of a different, different breed of fox but I wouldn't um yeah and it just made you think like we we always have this it's kind of like you know the city versus the country and it's like well actually how can we live more integrated and then you think about my dream would be to have one of those eco houses uh you know where you've got your green roof and it's you know you you're using the rainwater and obviously we could probably be using don't know when this is coming out but we could have been using a lot of the rainwater we've been Uh, guessing over the last week (laughs) (laughs) um so then you start thinking well okay how are we actually living with nature and are we getting carried away probably uh with all of the other things that we could be doing so um yeah it kind of has opened up bigger things for me that I wouldn't say that I've definitely got the solution for Mm. but it's made me think the planet's been here longer than us that like you know the the trees have been here for hundreds of years I remember at school we did this project on giant redwoods okay they came over from did they come over from Canada or they came over
0: from not sure I mean I know they have them in the states and Canada yeah I think they came over from natives there. there, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're native there. They brought them over here. I think it was um, who was the person who was at Blenheim Palace, Churchill. I think it was Churchill may have bought them over, but anyway, bought them over. But still, they were they've been they've been you know or they've been bought over by their his father or whoever it was, and they've been there for like hundreds of years. These massive trees, and it just gives you that perspective. But also, you're thinking, this needs to stay like this. This is really important. Um, So, yeah, it's it's, it's made me consider and reflect on what we do. And interestingly, part of that as well, I think, is the whole travel thing too. It's like we've had all of these things that we can reflect on. You know, I used to think about nothing of getting, you know, sometimes I would be away maybe twice a month getting on a plane, And we'd started to, my brother lives in Amsterdam. We started to get the train to Amsterdam. Uh, One time it was delayed and it did take us eight hours. But generally, (laughs) it would be really good. And it was actually, you know, I find it much more chill to do that. So it's like, okay, well, you know, Europe is, uh, most of it, we can do train. It's fine. But it just made you think, doesn't it? It makes you think about your decisions when you're spending more time in nature and you're really seeing that magnificence and also how long it's been there mm. well, actually, actually what can I do to sustain to sustain this and my relation uh, and my relationship with this maybe maybe my relationship with this or um yeah, so, yeah. So that's that's where I'm at it's
0: interesting isn't it and I think we've seen this uplift in in interest and I think a lot of it has come not necessarily because of COVID and lockdown but at the same time or around the same Timing, if you like. So the the Climate Coaching Alliance, I think, was in existence before COVID hit us, but at the same time, it was in its infancy. I think it was October, somewhere like 2019. Yeah. I think they started with their first meetings, um, yeah. and of course, Extinction rebellions really finding its feet and becoming much more, you know, prominent and loud and obvious. Um, and I know, uh, you know, that, that there's a huge amount of movement in. Um, maybe coaches having some influence around what industry does in this space. And I suppose there's that. Um, it'd be interesting to get your take on this is that there's, I suppose we've always wrangled and there's this conversation has come up time and time again around the conflict between being non-directive as a coach, as opposed to being a mentor or a consultant or anything yeah. else and having this i mean i have an agenda i want people to appreciate nature more so they're more inclined to protect it like like you know like yourself being out in it you're more inclined to go if i see that tree being under threat i might sign the petition that saves it you know there's that sort of mindset shift yeah but is that being manipulative or is that just being you know a a conscientious human being helping out other potentially conscientious (laughs) human beings what's what's your take on a coach's role with their clients if they notice that there's something that I suppose rankles on that
1: agenda. It's really difficult, isn't it? I think it's really, really difficult, especially to be, yeah, to be non-judgmental. So I guess what I would say is really thinking about and reflecting on how you're showing up and how you are allowing your opinions to come out of it in the coaching conversation. However, coaches don't only have influence within the coaching conversation. Coaches have influence with what they talk about on LinkedIn or wherever, on podcasts like this. Coaches <laughs> have influence. So it may not be within a conversation that you can have influence. It may be outside that conversation. And it may be that you that you say to people, look, this is really important to me. or you know, another thing that like this is really important to me. So actually I'm, I'm, I'm running a coaching circle and we're going to talk about this mm. or, you know, there's different ways that you can do it, which mean that you're not being not directional in a session, or you could say, right, I'm going to Oh my gosh, I have so many struggles with this. We're gonna donate some of our profits to this. I actually think that one of our one of the charities we donate to is Friends of the Earth. But I, I have this big struggle because we have the main charity we donate to is Young Minds, which I love. Oh, but yeah. it's very difficult, isn't it, sometimes with charities because you're like, I want to donate to all of them. <laughs> um, and then it's like okay, so you've all got five P. Um, so like some like you do have to think, but actually it may be that you you know that you choose to donate to a particular charity and that's a charity that you know could be as simple as planting a tree for every client or for every x amount of profit or something like that so I think it's really there's a lot of things that you can do and it's really about working with your um working with what's what sits right with you whether that's going to be paying um paying some of your profits, whether it's going to be volunteering some of your time. So you can do that. I've seen that. Actually, I can say for sure because she is a client of mine and she has said that publicly. But a client of mine is doing a retreat and she is doing like kind of a pay it forward thing. So donating time. So everyone's doing time. Um, he's involved in the retreat, like afterwards for community projects where she, where she is in North nice. Wales. So there are definitely things that you can do, and I would say think creatively about them.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I like that idea. Do, I do like that idea, and I think that that feels achievable, doesn't it? For coaches coming into the industry that may have this conscience, that may have this these thoughts in their head of all oh, you know, well, but I can't possibly because that would be wrong. Or, and again, there's there's that piece, here, not there, around picking your clients as well. If you know you don't want to work with an organization, if you're doing corporate work, for example, that you know is is not inclined to change its ways or is is knowingly damaging or you know you've got all of this information about you know, actually I actually don't want to work with them but I'm new I'm starting out I don't want to turn the work down you've got all of those things going around in your head and it's there is that question isn't it? I think I think your phrase there is what doesn't sit right or what does sit right is so important and it's almost it is trusting that that gut instinct as opposed to the more logical what well, yeah. it's going Bill's kind of thinking um and it's that's hard is it let's face it is when you're starting out that's that's really tough um,
1: that
0: is yeah it
1: is really tough and I think
0: yeah it's
1: sometimes you you, you have to really think and it's really e- right it's really easy to be values driven when your needs are met so when you and I, I'm saying this to people because I hope it might help but when you're like, okay, so when you know that you've got enough money to pay your mortgage, it's really easy to be like, wow, well, I'm not going to work with that organization because they don't match my values. When you are in that place where you're worried about paying your bills and your needs, it's harder. And so I'm going to say, uh, for, you, for anyone listening, if you're a new coach, and you're really like, oh, like, and you're having those dilemmas, think about like take a step back and think objectively now, obviously the mate like we've still got our hard and fast things you know i used to work in recruitment back in the 90s noughties naughties, and um and there were some companies that you know that people wouldn't work with and they paid they paid incentive so you can imagine philip morris um yeah. and other tobacco companies very very difficult to recruit for yeah interestingly pharmaceutical companies pretty difficult to recruit for and they pay they pay a higher amount and um a lot of the oil and gas companies so you know, you may decide like i definitely th- this this is a no i'm yeah, not gonna you have to
0: hard go. limit that's
1: these are my hard limits the, the these can't mm, right if i need to pay my mortgage or if i need to survive okay i don't agree with everything that they do but they're not a hard and fast no. So short term yes, long term no. And sometimes you have to think like that. It was lovely to be in an idealistic idealistic world. And I know people will say, Well, turn it down and the money will come. <laughs> Guys, it's lovely to believe that, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Mr. Halifax, he doesn't he doesn't operate like that when you say, I'm really sorry. But, you know, like I was just offered lots of corporate work and I it wasn't completely an ethical fit. So I turned it down to I can't pay the mortgage. He's, he's going to be like,
0: what? really? <laughs> really?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, so. I just wanted to make that point because I think it's really easy to to beat yourself up sometimes when you're at the start of something because you can't because of re- your real context. You can't be as idealistic as you want to be. But then when you establish yourself, you can start to pick and choose more. And then, you know, people will start to get to know you. And when you're working with certain organisations, you then you're going to start to be referred to other people who work for similar organisations. We know, like, if you're in the third sector or the charity sector, people move around that sector. Um, so you know, if you're doing some work for... I don't know friends of the Earth. It may well be that there that that somebody who's worked there now works for Greenpeace. Who now has actually somebody else has gone up and set set up this other this other charity or the sink tank. Or so start where you are, and remember, make the choice for where you are today for what you need, and then you can
0: always change that. I like that. I like that. And it's it's always up to us, isn't it? What uh, corporate names we put on our websites. A, there exactly. is not to filter out the ones we're not so proud of.
1: <laughs> I think that's yeah, acceptable yeah. thing to do. Yeah, Exactly, and also it's always up. Uh, that, um, there's this great book called Think Again, which I absolutely love by Adam Grant. He's a great economist, and he's like, um, you might get new information that you might have thought, oh, this was a great company and they were really ethical, and then something else may come to light. That doesn't mean that you weren't values-led in the first place. You're always dealing with the information that you've got. So we can always think again. We can always challenge ourselves to do things differently. We can always reflect on what we've done and change our minds. doesn't matter. That's life.
0: I love it. I love that you're using phrases that help me with my segues here because I'm thinking, talking about doing things differently um, and can bring it back into um, coaching, particularly new coaches or coaches that are learning at the moment or established coaches actually are looking to do something new for their clients, for the work, for the systems that they work within. And bringing it back to nature, what have you seen that's thought, actually, there might be something here with, I mean, I know I work outside with people, but what have you seen that you've thought, hang on, there might be something to this, maybe something more in using nature as a dynamic partner in the coaching scenario, in the, um, as an environment, or not just as an environment, but also as a source of metaphors, analogies, other ways of working?
1: I think it's absolutely lovely to use it for metaphors and analogies, like being outside, really connecting with, and an actually, yeah, you know, I've done coaching supervision sometimes when, when we've, when I've, we've been more, I've been walking with my, my supervisor on the phone, mm-hmm. because we're not physically together and we've been like, and she's been like, okay, so, okay. Take a moment. Like, what do you see now? And like got like, me to describe what's around me and it gets you out of your head.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's no ceilings, no walls. There's literally no physical barriers. I think that's partially the... I sometimes think that that's not something you can do in an an office um, where you can use movement or pace or physicality. Because exactly. you can't walk around the office side by side, shoulder to shoulder, going a bit faster, going a bit slower, suddenly stopping and looking around, and seeing what you're drawn to. Oh, I'm really drawn to that stapler over there. I mean it just you know. I
1: I'm do like I like the office the office chairs looking rather luring.
0: Yeah, it's not you're a peeling cushion on that one. <laughs> or a dodgy stain on that one. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not the same. And the
1: other thing that I think, so I think, co- I think there's loads of opportunities for like metaphor. I've got a, there's there was amazing girl. who's girl, lady. who's who's just finished or just finishing the coaching diploma called Morgan. Um, and she did walking coaching. She did walking coaching like on the phone with people to raise some money for mine, the charity in May. And she said that that was just amazing. Mm. Just walking and talking because the thing is people get so distracted and I think that when you're walking, you're really fo- you're you're not you're able to get out of your head a little bit more as well. So you're not you're not looking at your immediate environment. Hmm. I think that can be really effective. But also, I think it can be great for our coaching mindset. So that that brand new um, ICF competency coaching mindset, which has always been there but kind of integrated before. But yeah, you know, actually taking the time to reconnect with yourself, to give yourself space, to reflect, not to have anything digital. Oh, God, what, why do we go for walks and take a picture of our walk? <laughs> oh, look, on a walk, everyone. Hey, same um,
0: me. I'm outside. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but but it's really it's like you want to show people that it's really important but then I think I think what we should all do is just go once take loads of photos when it's a nice day not rainy and then just don't have digital with you do it without like we survived before and then just appreciate Mm. but you also get clarity you know this you get clarity from being outside you're able to you know you're usually you're able to come out of your parasympathetic parasymp- nervous system. So you're less likely to be experiencing stress. So you're more likely to be able to think more clearly and more deeply. So you always get ideas. The amount of times I go for a walk and I'm like, ah, oh, right. That's, well,
0: that's, that's, that's alpha waves. That's, that's, that's your alpha waves going. Yeah. Hey, we're free. Um, there was a, a load of Japanese, um, researchers that took i think something like 700 people into a forest in japan and let them wander around for 20 minutes and took some some uh, physical physical and neurological readings then let them wander around for 20 minutes brought them back took the same readings using eeg uh, blood pressure monitors heart rate monitors that kind of thing everything was lower in a good way so heart rate blood pressure except for the alpha waves in the brain and alpha waves you'll probably know because i know you're a bit of a geek when it comes to neuroscience are the ones that are associated with creativity and and better cognition we're in an alpha state we're learning we're really really learning or we're really really creating so why wouldn't we put ourselves in an environment where we where we get that at its best for coaching for that thinking practice that we do with our clients where we're facilitating them to have these Different uh, perspectives and raising awareness and, and growing in their in their mindset maybe, and just creating these new ideas and, and new pathways. It, it just it blows my mind. I mean, just nature. I think we haven't we barely scratched the surface in my view. That it, we're still yeah. more. Science is only just catching up with what would have been called really woo like a year you know ten years twenty years ago. Um, yeah Yeah. I think we I would have been called a hippie 20 years ago and we always bloody hippies you know coaching with her unless you're another hippie that would have been my demographic at that point now people go oh hang on there's something scientific to this and that's always been my take on it is no let's underpin this with the science because it's there now I'm a scientific hippie I am a scientific hippie yeah there you go (laughs) I'll take that (laughs) I'll take that
1: (laughs) but I, I I'm always like I kind of identify with like being a bit of a hippie, but being a bit of a hippie in my heart rather Mm. than being a, being a bit of a hippie outwardly. So I'm like, yeah, all of this stuff makes sense. But then when you have that science to back it up, it's like anything, then everyone's like, oh, okay. Because lots of people, they just fear the unknown and they like to have evidence and like, oh, so actually if i go for a walk it's going to make me more creative yeah oh, okay well that's all right then
0: i let's know yeah, you might even breathe in a load of lovely pine fighting sides so Your immune system might be more but people are still going a bit mm. when you start talking about that it's like oh no, no yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah it's like let's yes.
0: let, let, let's start yes. let's
1: start with yes make you more creative yes
0: although my husband's logic he says is that why toilet cleaner smells like pine well, no, I'm not sure that's why that smells like pine but maybe it has some relationship with the antibacterial properties of pine I don't know <laughs> but that's where I his mind went that. that's where his mind went when I said about pine forests and fights and so, creativity
1: like, yeah. I mean okay <laughs>
0: he's, he's, he's a uh, uh, lateral thinker <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> well he, he's demonstrating his creativity Definitely, definitely. Um, I know we're running out of time and I I, I do promise that I try to keep these to about sort of 35, 40 minutes. Um, One thing I would really, really ask from you we like to leave I like to leave our listeners with um a thought for them to think about something to ponder when they're wandering around or on their commute to work or just sitting having a coffee in the morning what one thing would you like to leave um our, our listeners with and then I do want to get a plug in for Optimus because I think that's a really great thing to be able to promote as well I do want you to promote that here but what's the thought you'd like them to take I want you
1: to think about how much you can build in connection to nature into your everyday week. And I want you just to do that for a week and I want you to th- recognise how you feel and think at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week and what those differences are.
0: I love it. I love it. That'd be great to hear. And if anybody wants to report back or drop yeah. a line or make a comment to say, I tried that. And oh my God, it was amazing because I know it can be. Um, Ruth, how do we find more information about Optimus Coach Academy and what's coming up? I know you're, 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 you have an intake.
1: Yeah. So we have an intake starting at the end of September. We always have three groups. So a weekend group, a Monday daytime group and a Wednesday evening group that the, the days for the um, daytime and evening do change obviously the weekends don't so the I know Rachel will drop a link there we're Optimus Coach Academy on Insta and LinkedIn and Facebook and then I'm Ruth Kudzi K-U-D-Z-I on everything else. Okay
0: thank you that's brilliant so thank you for listening everybody there's your point to ponder so how can you bring nature into your everyday week uh, and try it for a week and see how you feel at the start and how you feel at the end and if you are interested in growing your coaching competence or becoming a coach or curious even just to find out a little bit more I'll give you the web link in the show notes so you can go and have a look at Optimus's website and have a read there's lots and lots of testimonials there of past students which is brilliant because I think there's no better testimonial than somebody who's been through the program and is, is absolutely flying as a result and has really made some changes for themselves as a result um do subscribe do uh, comment do give us your feedback and if you want to be a future guest let me know otherwise thank you for listening and thank you big big thank you to ruth Couldsey for being my guest today thank you ruth
1: thank you